Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And welcome into Fantasy Sports Today. Today is Tuesday, April the 7th, 2020. Craig Mish, along with Joe Ranieri, with you here on the show, as we have plenty to cover on this edition of Fantasy Sports Today. So stick with us for the entire two hours. If not, head back on demand. We're posting these videos every day on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe to this show, as well as all of the other shows that we are airing on SportsGrid every single day for you, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And certainly we have a lot to get to on this show. Uh, Golf made some major announcements. Joe and I are going to dive into that, what that could mean for all of professional sports. I think that's important. Um, And kind of sad to start the uh, the show on on somewhat of a somber note. And unfortunately, Joe, as they say, this does seem to come in threes, unfortunately, in terms of passing away. And it's not to make light of anything, but uh, Tom Dempsey, the former kicker a couple of days ago, Uh, passed away Bobby Mitchell the Hall of Famer running back for the Washington Redskins but perhaps in terms of stature in the game uh, the biggest of all late yesterday uh, Joe Al Kaline uh, passes away I suppose he had some uh, previous health issues over the last week was non-coronavirus related just to be uh, clear on that at least from what we're gathering here Uh, but Joe of course you uh, played baseball at a very high level uh, I followed baseball my entire life. Uh, I'll tell a story, you know, briefly after you comment on it for sure. But uh, in terms of baseball history and and winning, you know, and, and going to 18 All Star games and the amount of winning that Al Kaline did over the course of his career, I mean, he's a top 10. He was a top 10 essentially living player in the game, and certainly they call him Mr. Tiger for a reason. Very sad to see that happen yesterday. 22 years, when you think about it, right? I mean, 22 years you're talking about this guy. Uh, just dominating. And uh, how many people you think of when you go Tigers? You know, he's there's only, one. he's got to be number one. I mean, uh, of all time, you mentioned it. 18-time uh, All-Star there, 22 years, uh, all with the Tigers, beloved in the city. Uh, one of the game's truly great, uh, you know, passed away, unfortunately, at the age of uh, 85. But in the record books, um, yeah, we're talking, you know, a top 10, top 15 player of all time. Yeah, and, and in terms of popularity, for sure, mm-hmm. no doubt. And uh, and retired just after getting his 3,000th hit, ironically. Mm-hmm. He uh, ended up with 399 home runs, stopped uh, right before 400, kind of yep. uh, ironic there, but was a broadcaster for a long time. Uh, the Al- the only Al-K-Line story I have, ironically, is, is um, and I had to look up the date when I met him and spoke to him, it was 2008. And what happened at that time, Joe, is, uh, th- you know, the Major League Baseball draft, the June draft, sort of took on a life of its own mm-hmm. as soon as they put that thing over at MLB Network. Now right. we have things like MLB Pipeline and, of course, Baseball America over the past 30 years that have really projected all of the young players going around the game. But even as far as going back in 2008 for the first time, instead of just essentially conducting a draft that we didn't see, Major League Baseball decided to hold their draft in Orlando mm at what was called the Milk House on uh, the Disney World property. And it was the first time ever that they were taking the draft on the road. Lo and behold, now, as you see, they, they have it on the road virtually every single year. It's being broadcast, and it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, so 2008, what they decided to do was they associated, uh, and they had a representative from every single team show up in Orlando to basically make their picks, very similar to how the NFL does it after, I think it's the first round or second round, they make their picks too. Uh, so the Detroit Tigers representative, since it was in Florida and Al right. Kaline uh, living in Lakeland, uh, where the Tigers trained, was Al Kaline. So uh, I went. I drove up to Orlando. I was like, this is going to be a cool experience. I've never been to a, a baseball draft right. before. And and really the highlight of, of my trip was honestly meeting him because he was arguably – the uh, most prominent Hall of Famer that was there. He was very nice, cool. I ended up uh, talking mm-hmm. to him and interviewing him as well. And, um, you know, it's just one of those days, Joe, where yep. it's like you start off and you're thinking, you know, there's some glimmer of some good news happening around the country, maybe some potential good news with some slowing of the virus, and then, yep. boom, you get punched with one of these. So um, that's the only personal story I have with Al Kaline. I wish I got to know him better through the years, but... You, know, you can't get to know every single player in sports. It's just not the way it's going to work. But nope. certainly I know that 
uh, you respected his game as well. He, uh, a unique uh, story about Al Kaline, too, is that he signed with the Tigers right as soon as he graduated high school. And he played for him like a week later. So he, he retired young. He was 39 years old when he actually retired playing the game because he actually was there when he was 18 years old. So he played those 22 years for Detroit. Never wore a minor league uniform, never anything like that. He was that good. And at that particular time, 22 years putting up those kinds of numbers. When you're talking Ty Cobb and Al Kaline and, and you know, those two, uh, when it comes to the Detroit yeah. Tigers history, um, then you're talking two of the game's absolute greatest. But never played in the minor leagues, retired at 39, 22 years right from high school. Yeah, incredible. That yep. uh, outstanding career and very sure. well loved, too, yeah. uh, by, by, by everyone around the game. Okay, um, and so moving on from that and certainly not to, you know, you know, diminish any kind of passing mm -hmm. away, but we did have some, you know, temp, you know, kind of sports news. I would say yesterday, which really was the first. I, I feel like Joe, first piece of real like news in in a few days at least, um, where basically, you know, some negative, some positive. So right. let's start off with the negative and get it out of the way. The British Open is not going to be played this year. Okay, right. you know, I mean that certainly is one of the majors. It affects us. We mm -hmm. watched it like waking up early on a Sunday morning and watching that thing play out. Yep. That's the bad news. The good news is, is that the Masters was not canceled. They moved the Masters to December. Yep. They're going to attempt to even play a couple of the other majors, Joe, but they've made it kind of clear at this point that they've set some dates. They're not in stone, but also under the expectation that there will be no fans there. And as we've talked about previously, if there's one sport that you absolutely could get away with having no fans and you wouldn't even notice the difference, in all likelihood, it would be the PGA Tour. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I took it more as a positive because if they're setting dates to play this fall and we're setting up for having the best sports three months of our life maybe in, in the history of our lives if this does end up happening this fall with all of the sports playing. Yep. But I took it as a positive because the PGA is not just going to arbitrarily throw dates around unless they have some sort of idea that there's a chance that they would play this thing. So Masters in November, Joe, we go there. I You know, it's... um. It's interesting, too, because I think uh, these leagues have learned their lessons. We, we did this, and again, guys, we're just four or five weeks into, you know, think about this. Uh, Selection Sunday would have been the 15th, I think, of March, right? So look at where that was, and that didn't happen, and that was really the week of the 15th was when, um, you know, all heck broke loose. And so we're four to five weeks, and in that four to five weeks, I think some of the leagues made the mistake of circling dates. and giving us dates of when it would be back and what they were shooting for. And obviously the last thing these leagues want to do is continue to push dates, uh, give us dates, and then kick the can down the road. It's not a good look, and really, you, you kind of got all your freebies out uh, already. So to me, I'd rather you say nothing and just say, hey, let it be, than to give us another date uh, to go ahead and say, oh, when it gets close, I'm sorry, we're going to have to kick it down the road. So by golf giving us the date and actually planning around that and the masters is the last one in november uh i you got Ryder cup us open pga and it ends and we've talked about this with uh with the triple crown too would the belmont be the start with the kentucky derby yeah. be the end uh golf's kind of answered that question for us so September, October, and November are going to be real interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. If 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 this does goes away, mm. if this does go away, and we get back to sports, yes, you're talking about a three or four month period that we've never seen the likes of in sports history, and and that's honestly even without the NBA playing this winter. I mean, you're I talking know, about from a having, betting perspective. I, I'm trying to think like Sunday at Augusta. Better, I don't Friday. know how you're going to keep up. <laughs> Like, you're going to have college basketball. I you're going to have potentially yep. Major League Baseball in yep. November. Yep. Yep. Maybe. Um, <laughs> have a World Series. You're going to have college football. You're going to have the NFL. It's crazy. It's a headache just thinking about it. Today. And you know what? I wouldn't mind quarantining myself that entire month there. I'd be all right. Because yeah. I think we'd fact, have to in, quarantine ourselves. In, in fact, the NBA is going to, now that I think about it, the NBA is going to play one way or the other. Either That's it's correct. the continuation of this past season or yep. the new season starting. It's going to be one of them. That's correct. I would think in between. So we yep. have our work cut out for us. Let's hope that we Crazy. Uh, get to that point for sure. A yep. uh, couple other just uh, uh, quick notes to pass along here on the show. Uh, Bubba Wallace, who is a uh, you know, car racer, uh, just an interesting story here, Joe. It's like they're trying to get this eye racing off the ground, 
And yeah. and apparently, as as the story goes, he was racing. He was mm-hmm. eye racing, which is virtual racing. Okay, let's call it what it is. And very early on in the race, he crashed, and I guess he threw his controller down and just quit and lost his sponsorship. And so, as we can tell, these virtual games, there is not a lot of certainty as how these things are going to play out. But the one lesson that I've always learned, Joe, is that if you're playing a video game, no matter what the score is, whether it's Madden or the show or any of those other games, don't quit. You got to play it out to the end, even and just take your medicine. If you choose to start, yep. you got to finish. And in this case, I, I can't believe a sponsor would would pull their would pull it from a racer because of this. But that's what they did. I just I can't. Well, you know the these guys just don't understand. Like it, you know, this is listen. We say it's a video game, but it's a video game tied to sponsorship money. And if they're going to get behind yeah. it and write you a check then really you're racing for them. So you're not racing for you, you're racing for them. So uh, what kind, impossible that you would lose money because you quit a video game. Like I just, you're never gonna live that down, ever. I, I just, it's beyond me, man. Absolutely no, and, beyond and me. there's a lot being tied to this right now. Yes. It's the only thing that NASCAR has going for it. And um, people you know, are I'm watching sure. it on TV. It's like one of the I, highest rated things on I don't get it, on, but it F- is. Look, I, I understand you know. because there's nothing happening. I mean, right. look, I got to be honest with you, Joe. Um, I've been tuning in on YouTube to watch the Korean Baseball League play their yes. exhibition. Yes, yes, yes. So, so like, yeah. I get it, but I'm not sitting there watching. I got to say, I'm not sitting there watching two hours of it. Like, right. I'll watch, like, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Um, you know, Dan Straley's pitching there, so right. I just kind of want to see him and see how uh, see what's going on. But that on there. is also good news. They're playing, guys. They're playing. They are with no masks, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they took the masks off, and they're not playing in front of fans. Right. And they're also, it's, you know, kind of pushing their date along to start mm-hmm. the season. Their season was supposed to start, I think, like this past week. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, two weeks, three weeks from now, the KBO could start up. And if you're looking for a timeline for Major League Baseball, uh, now, look, Korea's done a phenomenal job, though, stopping this virus or at right. least containing it. So, I mean, uh, at least better than us uh, for the time being, unfortunately. But if you're looking at a timeline, uh, with Korea, it's basically one month. Yep. So if they were to start sometime April 13th, 14th, that would mean May 13th, 14th, we would sort of be in a position to be uh, in the clear, which, mm-hmm. well, not in the clear, but better, right. which would put us in a position to start up a spring training late May or June, which would make a season start again in July, which is what we're hoping for with baseball. And that timeline does match up. But yep. again, a lot can happen uh, between now and then for sure. Um a lot of a lot of folks are coming to the defense of Amari Cooper, Joe. I, we haven't had a chance to talk about this one, where Rex Ryan, essentially, on television, just goes in on Amari Cooper and uh, just basically, you know, called him uh, a turd, believe yes. it or not. Um, surprised yeah. to see that. Now, look, Amari Cooper is one of those hit and miss guys in fantasy. Like one game, eight catches, two hundred yards. One game, nothing. I get it. All right. And so I kind of understand a little bit as to where Rex Ryan was coming with this, but it seemed to be a little bit over the top. Look, it got him a lot of attention. We're talking about this on the show now, but Darius Slay, uh, Gilmore on the Patriots have come out and basically gone against Rex Ryan for this. And you don't always see defensive backs backing a wide receiver, but in this case, they're basically saying, shut up, Amari Cooper's a great player. So... Um, I under I understand where I mean Cooper could be a frustrating guy to own in fantasy. I've owned him before, but I don't think I'd ever call him a turd, Joe. No, you know, there's the problem. Nothing he said describing Amari Cooper's game was wrong. Everything he mentioned, from the disappearing act to look at his numbers against top wideouts against better teams. Look at his fourth quarter numbers alone, guys. Look at his fourth quarter numbers. He is the best disappearing act in the NFL. Now, the other problem with that is I just can't get over how sensitive these damn, these athletes of this generation blow me away, man. Rex Ryan is a guy that was in a locker room with the likes of, I don't know, Ray Lewis and Suggs, and he's a football guy. I promise you, those guys have been called worse on the football field by a whole lot of people and a whole lot of other words other than turd were used. So, uh, you know, knowing, consider the source, knowing Rex, knowing how he talks, knowing the background here, I, why that surprises anybody and people get offended is beyond me, man, because nothing he said about his game was wrong. Nothing about his game was wrong is no, what he said. It's, 
it, listen, if you've and, and it's good because from a fantasy perspective, we really know because <laughs> Amari Cooper could win a championship for you, and he can also put up a goose egg. You just yeah. don't know now. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of other factors that go into this, and you also have to check, like, is the team up? Are they behind? Uh, overall, Cooper had a fantastic season for the Cowboys, but in in some of the bigger moments on the field, yes, he didn't have uh, a spectacular performance, as you would ask. Yeah. But I guess, it's, I guess it's just surprising to see somebody talk with that much honesty, and I, and I suppose that's... Yes. You know, that's the problem is that once we strike a guy down for being so honest, then they're less likely to do it again in the future. Yeah, see, I mean, you know, that's a lot of the players that are you defending his game because the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, or are you just upset because he called him a turd? I mean, like, what are you really? That's what you guys are all up and set about. I mean, the guy just signed a hundred million dollar deal. So I'm sure he's laughing all the way to the bank. I'm sure he doesn't need you to defend him. But everything Rex said about that game, his game, it's true, guys. He disappears in the biggest moments, always has. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we haven't had a chance to uh, catch up with is the one highlight that's been taken over the internet for a little bit, Joe. Rob Gronkowski winning oh, this yeah, 24-7 yeah. belt in the WWE. What was that all about, man? Like, I went back because I saw it happen, and first of all, I didn't even know what the 24-7 belt was. I'm sorry. I just, I had no idea. They made it up. Um, <laughs> it's just like a boy. So what happened was a bunch of guys just yeah. standing below. He was in the top, jumped on him. They all magically fell, it, and, he, yeah. and he pinned one, and, and now he's a WWE champion. I guess if Gronk is going to participate, you got to give him a championship. Yes. But boy, that, that felt, that felt. And this was just a continuation because that was over two nights. You know, listen, nobody does a better job of telling a story and where everybody in the world knows there is nothing, shall we say, spontaneous or um, not already choreographed or rehearsed, uh, you know, in and yet people continue to consume it even without quarantining. People love it. And it's because... It engages the fans and tells a story. And Rob Gronkowski has had a storyline. Everything fits. And it's, it really is amazing uh, what wrestling has done. In ha- and I think that's what he was doing with the XFL as well. He was trying to get you guys to follow the stories with the access of the players. And Gronkowski is just another one in a long line of people, of characters that we're following. Yeah. And uh, made his way to wrestling. Yes. <laughs> 24-7 belt. I, I, if we could just give out <laughs> random awards, what a world that we live in. Fantastic. Just start giving out awards. Okay. That's exactly. Made up belts. I give love out it. belts, awards, trophies. Why not? All right. Uh, we got to take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. Plenty more to come. Uh, Craig Mish and Joe Ranieri here with you on the show. Uh, we'll have, have a little fun. We got some baseball card discussion, mm. believe it or not. And also this day in sports, in fantasy sports, that's coming up along with our fantasy birthdays. You're watching FST right here on Sports Grid. Craig and Joe will be back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're going to be shaking it up on Sports Grid, coast to coast, in-game live. We're going to talk about action, talk about the games, talk about the money lines, the spreads, the teasers, the reverses. There's only one, the world's most famous, the Mecca the Hub. It's beautiful, isn't it? We have action on every game, every night. We got the skinny, the scoop, and the final word for you on Sports Grid. Everybody else pales in comparison. You're soft, we're not. This is New York, baby. Morrell, coast to coast, 4 to 6 p.m., only on Sports Grid. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri. Today is April the 7th, 2020. And so, of course, a lot of players have birthdays, a lot of uh, this day in history. By the way, Joe, as we were discussing in the last segment, uh, it was also announced yesterday that WrestleMania was the most watched WrestleMania of all time. 13 million viewers, something like that. Not yep. a huge surprise, right? With nothing to do, with nothing to watch. Yep. With, the, with the Tiger King being the number one watch show, right? Like, the, nothing should come as a surprise to us anymore. With no, us being us it, it should not. And uh, and good. I mean, listen, it was entertaining, distracting. I thought they did a great job of cutting 
the way they filmed it and edited it, so they, it, you really didn't know that it was an empty arena. I thought they did a great, it was very well done. I wish I could say that I watched a lot of it, but I-, I, just, I just watch the highlights, I'm, you'll see. I'm it. just gonna go, I'm just gonna go with you. <laughs> very good. All right, this day in sports, April 7th. Today is 2020, let's, uh, let's hit things that happen on the 7th. Uh, we start off, speaking of the Masters, in November, who would have thought that? Masters in November, 2020. Couldn't have paid me enough money to guess that. Uh, Jack Nicholas, Joe, in 1963, wins the first of what would end up being six Masters championships. And ironically, a lot of people thought that the only person that could win more Masters championships than Jack Nicholas would have been Tiger Woods. But mm -hmm. at this stage of the game, and where Woods is at in his career, everyone thought Woods would be the best golfer of all time, but I think that title still belongs to Palm Beach resident Jack Nicholas, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of green in that closet uh, of Jack's there. So six, and even, I think he was 46 when he won his last one there, number six. So uh, there's hope for Tiger yet. Uh, I think he's got five, Tiger, now. I think he's one short of that as well. Yeah. Still has some work to do to get to seven. Uh, so if, if Jack is the number one of all time, is, is Palmer's two? Is that how it goes? And then Tiger Woods three? Wow, that's yeah. tough. You know, that's the, that's the big argument to me was Jack had Arnold Palmer to contend with. Who, who did Tiger have? <laughs> you, you know? Mickelson, that's it. Uh, that's, and even he was a, uh, you know, he was a, uh, he was a gas can for a little while, too, taking shots he probably should. You know, he was a bit of a loose cannon, too, so... Uh, Jack, with that equipment, I'd like to see somebody today go out and win a Masters with that equipment. Yeah, fair point, too. They wouldn't, wooden sticks? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Tells you what I know. Yep, yeah. so true. All right, uh, our second this day in sports, fantasy sports. Toronto Blue Jays' first ever game played. They beat the Chicago White Sox by a final of 9-4. to four. Of course, the Blue Jays ended up winning a couple of back-to-back -back championships. And uh, in recent history, Joe, they've been very disappointing, but I think that they've made a lot of progress to kind of get back to where they were. Bo Bichette, Vladimir yep. Guerrero Jr., Vigio. There's some good promise for the Blue Jays if they could ever get the season going this year. Early Blue Jays, late 70s, early 80 Blue Jays. Who are we even talking about there? Like Dave you know Steeb? Like, is that. Like, I, think, I think Steve came in after. After that, that right? I mean, I, I don't even know who we're talking well, about there. You know what? That. And. I should be able to come up with it. all the baseball answers. Let's see. I'm just 1977 I'm to Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Danny Ainge? <laughs> um, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> could be. Uh, Bob Baylor? Was he on that team? Let's see. Oh, that um, could be too. Baylor was in the Angels, right? 77 uh, Jays had, uh, I'm trying to think of a nail. I mean, you. Uh, Bob Baylor was on that team. Okay. Got that right. I remember him, a utility guy. They had Alan Ashby as their catcher. Ashby, wow, okay. okay. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. Uh, I've heard of him because of the Dodgers, but Ron Fairley used to play with the L.A. Dodgers, won a World Series. Wow. Uh, Rick Cerrone was a backup I was, Yeah, I was going to say Rick Cerrone, yep. He was uh, there Pete first. Vukovic? Pete Vukovic? Was Vukovic on there? Wow. Jim Clancy. Okay, that's a name I know. Yep, uh, Clancy Pitcher. got not a lot, Joe. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say, man, that's a uh, wow. It's an expansion team. So in 1977, they were 54 and 107. And their manager's name was a guy named Roy Hartsfield. Boy, I had I didn't know any of these guys. <laughs> I got to tell you. Like, I'm glad I'm not doing any 70s fantasy drafts. I would, wow. Yeah. So that was the Jays in 77. That's it. And they won. They beat the White Sox. They won their first game. That's it. 2003, you know who was on Syracuse. I'll give you a shot at this one. 2003, Syracuse Orangemen beat Kansas on April the 7th, 81-78. to They win the NCAA championship in what proved to be an amazing game. Syracuse, they weren't, I mean, Syracuse was really good, but there were some people who didn't think that they would win the championship. Do you recall who was on Syracuse, their main I player? believe that was the last uh, uh, thing he ever won, period, if I'm not mistaken. That yes, so uh, that's, uh, yep, yeah. the, the winning uh, ended there, uh, so to speak, with the, uh, with the Syracuse Orangemen there with uh, Mello. But uh, yep. hell, of a hell of a series, hell of a game, and uh, uh, just goes to show you, Jim Boeheim, uh, still then, still now. Uh, Unbelievable. He'll be there forever.
the one guy that mm. just doesn't go away. Time, sure. <laughs> but yes, that was you're right. I mean, you think about Carmelo Anthony's career, and he came in with Dwayne Wade, LeBron yeah. James, Chris Bosh, Darko Milicic. Those guys were all in that same draft. Yep. Milicic didn't win either. But the other three guys ended up winning a ton, and yeah. Melo going from Detroit, um, I think uh, Denver. Didn't he start off with Denver? He Carmelo started Denver. Uh, Detroit Phoenix, went with like, Marco. Went with Darko. And Detroit that, went yeah. with Darko. That's yeah, that went with Darko, and uh, he he barely played. But yeah, Carmelo went to Denver. Yeah, not too good. Uh, he should have uh, went to Latin. Detroit because they wanted they won a champion. I know, I know. <laughs> that was one of the worst picks of all time. Oh, all right. Uh, in 2019, this is, this is not that long ago. This goes right back to last year. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, they played their final home games, Wade with the Heat, yep. Nowitzki with the Mavs, and and Joe, they both won those uh, two games there. And so we have to wait a few years for Wade and, and Dirk to both get into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which we've discussed yep. on Monday. But clearly these two guys, icons of the game, and I don't think there's any question that they'll get in. So yep. um, this day in fantasy sports history, Wade and Dirk. Yep. Wins. Can't go wrong with that, man. That's uh, two guys that will definitely be uh, enshrined sooner rather than later. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and, and look, as we do you know, the fantasy day in history, what's really interesting, Joe, is that we're now starting to close out like the latest dates of when the NCAA championship is. And right. now we're starting, we're starting to get into those master's dates, you know, and then that's what kind of makes me sad is to think. That we would have had. The, I, was the Masters uh, schedule for this weekend? Was this, was this the weekend? I believe, yeah. This weekend it would have been first weekend, first full weekend in uh, uh, in April would have been there. Yeah. So this would have been it. We would have had a national championship crown and a Masters start. Yeah. And and now we talk about baseball cards and and who was on the Yankees here on this show and the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays of 1977. We're giving ourselves awards for doing these shows. Believe exactly. Me. We got to get that. <laughs> All right. Uh, birthday. Let's hit yes. on the birthdays. Fantasy birthdays for April the 7th. We'll start off with uh, Tony Dorsett, mm-hmm. uh, who was born in 1954. More on him in just a second. Uh, Ricky Waters. To me, Joe, Ricky Waters was one of the more underrated running backs in the NFL, man. Sure he was. was really good with the 49ers, good with Seattle as well. And you say, like, give me the best running backs over the last 20 years. You probably mm-hmm. name 50 guys before you even come up with Ricky Waters. He was really good, really underrated, too. Uh, and he got paid, too. He was uh, San Francisco and Seattle, I believe. And he yes. was uh, he was a tough, and I believe it was Notre Dame, was he not? Yes. Yes, right? He was Notre Dame as well. Yeah, it, it's amazing how we don't ever think of Ricky Waters, especially during that era, as one of the top running backs. And he was great, both out of the backfield and running the ball was fantastic. Yeah, he was. Um, and and another another player that I remember having on a fantasy team. The other thing with him is that he could get in the end zone. Like yes. If he gave the ball on the one or two yard line, he was getting in the end zone. Yep. For sure. Uh, 1975, we move on to a tale of two barbers. Mm-hmm. Rondé Barber and Tiki Barber. Of course, Tiki Barber, uh, many years with the Giants. Rondé Barber, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some people feel like Rondé Barber ends up in the Hall of Fame one day. We'll have to see if that ends up being the case. Now he's a broadcaster on television. Tiki Barber has, of course, the more interesting story, Joe, because uh, Tiki Barber was, if not the best running back in the NFL, was in the top three for a number of years and then uh, decided to just abruptly retire. And then, if I'm not mistaken, abruptly decided like he was just going to come back and it didn't end up working out. Nope. Uh, But that's kind of the way that I really think about uh, Tiki Barber, who to me, when they had him and they had Brandon Jacobs, was like the most formidable running game in the NFL at the time. That's correct. Something else was going on there. and It never really made any sense. I don't know if it was an issue with Coughlin at the time or something, but... Um, it was a little weird to tell you the truth. And then so was his broadcasting career. Also a little weird. Yeah, that just came and went real quick. Wasn't yeah. he on like the major network? Like yeah. NBC or something? It yeah, and then it was gone. Uh, again, he was gone. So I don't know what the backstory is, but both of those exits were extremely weird. Yeah, and Rondé's put together a really yes. nice career. Himself, a good broadcaster. And I, I was able to cover Rondé Barber when he was with the, the Buccaneers team. Unbelievable defense there with him. Oh, and Sapp and Brooks, Brooks. and Lynch. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, incredible defense. So we gave two birthdays away, two for the price of one in 1975. And then the final one is Adrian Beltre of the 
Texas Rangers, of course, played with Seattle and Boston for a year. Mm-hmm. And Beltre, I think, with 3,000 hits and the amount of home runs he has, uh, Joe. You look, I- I'm not one to judge who's a first ballot Hall of Famer who isn't. Right. But in but in four years when he's up, he may not get in on the first ballot, but there's no doubt in my mind Adrian Beltre is going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know yes. if it's the first time, the second time, or the third time, but one of the few guys that's retired in the last couple of years that you can almost guarantee gets himself into Cooperstown. Just beast, beast numbers. I mean, the guy, he was, a, he was a presence for a while and just never really got the, uh, the big headlines, no, you know, like the big red. Not until the end. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's very strange to me, but he was always an afterthought for a lot of people. I don't know what he was like fantasy-wise, but the guy did nothing but, uh, but put up numbers. He was really good, but he he was never a first-round pick. He yep. was never the first third baseman taken. And, in right. fact, he played in an era where you said, okay, well, who were the third basemen? How is that possible? I mean, Evan Longoria would yeah. go ahead of him in drafts. David Wright would go ahead of him in Crazy. fantasy drafts. It, it, but, but you knew that at the end of the year, Beltre's numbers were going to be close to 30 home runs, close yep. to 100 runs driven in, 280, 290. Yep. And it didn't really matter what team he was on. And the Dodgers, of course, regretted letting him go very early on in his career. But he ended up putting a, a really good career together and, and I think ends up slated for the Hall of Fame. Yep, so absolutely, uh, those are our birthdays for April the 7th. Now, in terms of Tony Dorsett, Joe, mm-hmm. in terms of Tony Dorsett, um, we do have a recent picture of Tony Dorsett that I'm being forced to put on the show today. Okay. So I don't know if you if you if do we have that, that I, picture? I th- I think he looks dark. How good is Tony? How old is Tony? Seventies, right? He's got to be. Yes. Right. Yes. That's pretty so, impressive. So right there. So that is a picture of my wife and Tony Dorsett, mm. and that is and, and today's his birthday. So we wanted to make sure we put this picture on the show today. Yep. Uh, Tony was at the Taste of the NFL, which is the best Super Bowl party ever, every single year. Yep and graciously taking pictures and signing autographs with everyone. The Taste of the NFL uh, helps feed the hungry. They bring in the 30 chefs from the cities where the team's playing every single year. They had it at the Weston Diplomat this past year, and uh, they invited me to go. I ended up covering it and having a good meal. My wife was able to go, too. And uh, when I mentioned Joe, Tony Dorsett's birthday was today, my wife's like, I took a picture with Tony Dorsett at Taste of the NFL in February. Just happen to have it ready for and us. I, said, I love let it. Me send it over. Let me send it over to Joe Ranieri yep. and see if he'll put it on the show. That's a legend, know. people. That is a uh, legend and uh, always gracious. He's been like that his whole career, too. Yeah. One, of the, uh, yeah. one of the truly good guys. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you grew up in the 80s and you watched the NFL, it was Tony Dorsett, yep. Walter Payton, Franco Harris, yeah. right? Like it was like those three guys at the running back position. I don't know if I'm missing anybody, but yep. Dorsett was the one. What didn't he have like a hundred yard run on Monday Night Football? Longest forever, and I'll never forget uh, being uh, watching that on uh, Monday night, being a kid, uh, you know, and and staying up past my bedtime to watch it, and him busting it up against the Giants, I believe it was too, in uh, in Big D back when the stadium was in uh, Irving, and yeah, he. Um, him, Danny White, uh, you know, too tall Drew Jones, Pearson. Drew yeah. Pearson. They were, uh, that was uh, when they started to become, they weren't America's team. Uh, that wasn't Troy Aikman and company, folks. That was this generation of Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, it was. So um, thanks, Joe, for Great showing stuff. that picture there. Appreciate it there. Um, one other quick note here, and, and again, this is not a, a birthday note, or it's not mm-hmm. a this day in sports note, but thought that I would bring it up for those of you who are interested. Over the last 24 hours, Joe, uh, this is like my birthday present to you because your favorite show apparently has another episode coming out. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but Ooh. apparently uh, because of the popularity of your show, okay, you've watched at least twice now, Tiger King. Correct. They're going in the next week or two to have somehow, and I don't know how they produced this given what's going on in the world, but they did. And on Netflix, Joe, in the next week or so, right? when you pop it on, they're giving you a postscript episode. No, what, of what where they are now? Then. Wow. They've, they've interviewed Joe Exotic. They've interviewed Lowe. They've interviewed Carol Baskin again. Wow. And I know that this was news that you really wanted to have on the show today. So I thought well, that you I would know, bring it up. You know I'll watch it twice just to make sure. <laughs> in case watch. I missed anything, just to make sure. You know, you know, it's that good. Well, good for that because you wonder. I mean, people don't realize that was taped over a five-year period. Like, that was... 
That wasn't Amazing. anything recent. They had so much footage. Like, yep. how can you ever do a documentary having that much footage? Like, Crazy. that's what tells you what goes into these things. <laughs> Five years a guy spent his life filming that. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, and, and they have video from Joe Exotic in jail. Yep. Uh, like some sort of like little small video phone. So All get right. ready. You, I'm in. You know, like, I'm in. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I knew it would not be a tough sell for you. Nope. I'm in. It's already a DVR in it right now. I'm going to set it up. Okay, so uh, there you go. Those are This Day in Fantasy Sports and today's birthdays in sports as well. Coming yeah. up next. For those of you who are craving a little bit of fantasy baseball talk, we're going to talk about some of the best fantasy rookies Ooh. that could potentially make an impact in 2020. We'll go uh, through those with you next. This is Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid. Don't forget, you can also go to SportsGrid.com to check out all of our shows, as well as download them uh, for free on the various apps that you can watch them live, which is YouTube, Zumo TV, and Stir as well. Uh, but, of course, when you go to YouTube, you can just subscribe to them. And then they'll get sent to you every single day, and you don't even have to lift a finger. We'll be right back on FST right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mitch, Joe Ranieri. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch along with Joe Ranieri here with you on the show as potentially we creep closer to a fantasy baseball season. And I know that that's what I thought that we'd be primarily covering for two hours every single day. It's essentially what I've been doing here at Sports Grid over the past uh, almost 10 months that I've been here. Mm -hmm. It's just essentially doing fantasy baseball or fantasy football. But as you know, with everything that's gone on in sports, we've just kind of made the decision to cover some fantasy baseball, but you know, move on to some other things that are happening in the world. And so to just be repetitive and cover the same things over and over again. I mean, Joe, I was right in the middle of of a beautiful uh, spring training tour. You were there with me yes. at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. We were doing the Tigers and the Orioles and the Nationals and the Marlins. And then we just got, bam, slapped. And so uh, kind of stopped midstream. And so it's really hard at this point for me to envision people out there who are so engaged into fantasy baseball without even knowing if there's going to be a season to talk about it for two hours. But I thought at the very least that on our show, we could cover it for a segment or two just to kind of keep the juices flowing for those people who may be doing some sort of uh, draft in the next, I don't know, a week, month. Right. <laughs> it's like got to categorize it. At yep. point. Yeah, hopefully so. And we were having a good time, too. I mean, it was just starting to get into the swing of things, really, about three weeks in, and then rug right out from underneath us. And that Pretty was, much, the, uh, that was the end of that. So we did get the Yankees uh, split, split, split squad. We did get to see that, so that was good. That was the last game I was at. That's right. That was it. And uh, then that, that was, was the end of that. Now we don't know when we're going to get to see it. And good for the Yankees since, you know, <laughs> they were all hurt anyway, so... Now they're all healthy. That's it. They were all hurt. But yeah, I mean, there there was a Twitter uh, you know chain going around. Like, what what was the last game, last sporting event that you were at? That was it. That was it. That, yeah. that, that spring training. The Yankees Triple A team. <laughs> the Yankees Triple A team and the Marlins. That was it. And, what, and then I listen. I I'd do anything to have those games back. Right exactly. Now, they don't count. So. Uh, before we get into the specifics here, I'm going to go through some top prospects, Joe, for 2020. But I know that you play a little fantasy baseball as well. Mm -hmm. uh, prospects are are always really hard to come by in drafts because there's going to be somebody who likes them more than you. They're a little right. bit riskier also as well. And my general thought on in fantasy baseball and prospects is I'm willing to take a shot, especially if I'm doing several drafts, to mm -hmm. try to identify which one will end up having a good season. What we're seeing more now in baseball than what we've seen in the past is back in you know the days that we've been talking about, the 80s, even right. the 90s, guys would come up from uh, the minor leagues, they'd hit 18 home runs, 50 RBIs, they'd be rookie of the year. That'd be it. Now they come up, they're hitting 40 home runs. So you know Pete Alonso hit 50, and Jordan Alvarez is hitting 40 home runs. And yep. so you can't ignore the offensive prospects. But on the flip side, Joe, I am very hesitant to go in on young rookie pitchers ah. because if you think about over the last 10, 20 years, you really, I mean, you have Kershaw, mm -hmm. you kind of have Jose Fernandez, and then you kind of have to wait two or three years before those guys come into their own. Right. Uh, so in, in general, with pitchers, I tend to be a lot more conservative. 
But with rookie hitters and fantasy rookie hitters, I will be more aggressive and I'll take my chances. Yeah, and it's all a matter of value too, right? When do you, when are you willing to take that chance with, uh, with that rookie, you know? And uh, obviously, I think more than anything else, opportunity's got to play a role in that and in, in deciding that uh, will they get enough at bats and how much, how much leash are they going to give that rookie in order to be able to prove themselves? So I, you do realize it pretty early on, right? Very rarely do you ever take a guy and be like, well, if something happens, they'll at least be able to bring them up. So you need a guy that's in that starting lineup right away. Yeah. And, and that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. And that's why yeah. when you're putting this together, it is, it is the preparation and meeting the opportunity. Some people call that luck. Yeah. And that's a, a big part of what fantasy is as well. But yeah, historically speaking, if you go back and you look at young pitchers and Paddock on San Diego is another one who had a nice rookie season, Luis Castillo on the Reds, you can find pitchers that have done it, but we tend to invest so much in these young guys at the pitching position and they don't work out. And right. you got to be careful of that. Giolito is a great example. Two years ago, couldn't find the plate. Good Second point. year in the big league, he looks like a Cy Young award candidate. Right. So. Sometimes you got to wait for that second year, and I think that's definitely the case. But I did try to find at least one pitcher that I put on this list, and so um, let's uh, let's dive into did my you, top. Were five you a big fantasy. Soto guy in his first year in Washington? Did you uh, were you all you know, over him? You know, it's interesting. I was. Um, you were. You know, and I I'm as tr most transparent of any fantasy host out there. I'll tell you when I'm completely right and I'm completely wrong. wrong. But ironically, <laughs> Joe, um, I on Twitter I could show you the video. When it was his first season, somebody mm -hmm. told me, one of the scouts on the Nationals told me, forget the big league game today, go on the backfield and watch this 18-year-old kid named Juan Soto really? play in a single-A game. And I videoed it. He hit a home run <laughs> in the game that I was at, and I posted it on Twitter. Yep. And, you know, he didn't spend any time in the minor league. Nope. Within the very next year. <laughs> yep. He gets to the big leagues, yep. and people think that Juan Soto was so good that he got to the big leagues. Joe, that wasn't the case. No. They had three guys hurt, Yep, and they had no one else to call up. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's what, what I'm happened. saying. Did you take a flyer on him when you uh, when oh, you were drafted? Oh, I didn't get him in any yeah. of the leagues. Oh, no, yep. I didn't own him. Uh, I didn't own him in any great. leagues. But I was very well aware of who he was. It's my yep. own fault. I probably should have. But yep. who is to think that a kid that had only played a week of double-A ball and is 19 years old – is going to get the call, but they, I, I think it was, um, there were Everybody two players that got hurt, yeah. but, but Howie Kendrick was one of them. And yep, then somebody yep. else was hurt in the outfield for them as well. Yep. Uh, maybe it was Turner. I don't remember, but they, they basically had no one. Yep. And I remember going on Twitter saying, Hey, look, you may want to just pick up Soto on a flyer just to see. And people were like, ah, there's no way. Uh, he's too young. And lo and behold, he gets called up. And then last year Voila. has the monster year. So, so I would answer that question fairly. Did I own Soto in any of the leagues? The answer is no, no. But my job is to scout these guys and to tell people what to do. Sometimes I don't follow my own advice, which is unfortunate. But I was very well aware of who Soto was at that time. And thankfully, uh, when people tell me these things, I could just oh, yeah. go on a backfield. And one like, of Why these guys could be the next Soto. Is that what you're saying? Is there one of them on this uh, list? Maybe. maybe. Let's, let's, let's get into it a little right. bit. Um, okay, so Lewis Robert is an international player on the Chicago White Sox, Joe, that the White Sox signed to a long-term extension before he even played a game. Right. So the odds are is that if there's anyone here that is going to hit that kind of Soto level, it's going to be this guy, because I don't think that a Major League Baseball team's turning over $50 million or $60 million to a kid who's never played without knowing that they can play a little bit. Yeah. Robert is the kind of guy that is probably going to hit 20 home runs in a 162-game season. So again, let's prorate that. He's probably going to steal 20 bases. Yep. In a 162-game season. And he's the only one on this list that's going to be able to do that, that I think is a bona fide 2020-type guy. He's going to strike out a lot. So that's going to bring down his uh, batting average if you're still playing in a batting average league. But I would project Lewis Robert to be around 260, 22 homers, 26 stolen bases in a rookie season, which is fantastic. That's like a third-round pick in fantasy, maybe even a second. Uh, and he's, he would be the odds-on favorite in the American League for rookie of the year. So that would be the first one to cover. Uh, the next is Joe Adele of the Angels. I wouldn't say that Joe Adele's star has fallen at all, but he has had a couple of injuries over the last couple of years. Some people thought that he was the next Mike Trout. Now he's going to be playing next to Mike Trout. Mm. He's had a, a, some struggles a little bit, but there are people who still think that this kid is going to be the best of the bunch. 
I'm going to put Robert ahead of him going into 2020 because of the stolen base factor. That's not to say that Adele can't steal bases as well, but I don't. I think like 13, 14 would be the number for him. And um, the Angels did leave a spot open, essentially letting Cole Calhoun go mm-hmm. and letting him go his way over to Arizona. So he's got no one blocking him. It's all him and nothing else. But he had a couple of injuries last year, and that's why he fell. In, and and I, well, we're just looking at fantasy here, right. not reality. But that's why he goes to number two. Uh, Gavin Lux. Oh, this guy's got a lot of hype him. around this dude. My word. Yeah, the <laughs> only thing stopping him, first of all, in reality, he's, he's going to be a star. He is. No doubt. The only thing that can stop him in fantasy, Joe, is that he's probably going to bat eight. Yeah. And in the National League, that is the worst spot to bat right in front of that pitcher. Yep. And it's a challenge almost immediately. Now, the Dodgers did show a lot of confidence in him. They played him in the postseason last year. They bat him at the top of the lineup last year. But with Mookie Betts there now, Joe, I just don't see Lux batting first, second, or third. Right. And that is the case. He's kind of buried in the lineup, and he's going to have to produce very quickly or else the Dodgers will make a move because if they do play a 2020 season, the Dodgers are all bleeping in. They have Mookie for what three months? Yep. You think that they're going to waste that three months? They'll make every trade, every pickup possible to win that World Series this year. So. He lit that. I mean, in AAA last year, he was a monster. I 392 with a 710 slugging percentage. He did it yeah, 240. Yeah. I mean, drove in nine runs. He was in what 23, 22, 23 games for the Dodgers. So that's um. Good, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Look, kid's gonna be a stud. Yeah, sure. Yeah, listen, if he bats at the top of the lineup, he's a potential all-star. But Joe, the odds of a, of a young guy producing from the seven or eight hole in their first year is not as conducive. Nope. Um, Dylan Carlson kind of came out of nowhere over the last year, and St. Louis let go of Marcelo Zuna. They didn't really replace him, and Carlson absolutely crushed everything he saw this spring training in Jupiter. Mm-hmm. So there is some thought process that if there is a season, he is the starting left fielder for the Cardinals. They do have some other options. Uh, Tommy Edmond is one, uh, but they, de- they cleared a spot out trading Jose Martinez yep. and they cleared a spot out essentially letting Zuna go. So mm-hmm. Carlson is a 25 to 30 home run type. He probably has the most power upside of anyone that's on this list. Yep. But playing time is the key. He's got to make the team. He's got to be in the opening day lineup. There was some thought that that could happen. Now we simply don't know. They're going to redo a spring training, essentially, and, and he'll have to perform at least a little bit for them to make that decision. Yep. And then the final pitcher uh, player here on this list is Jesus Lazardo of the A's. He's simply a guy, Joe, that has the best stuff of anybody in baseball in the minor leagues. Um, when, he, when he puts it all together, he's going to be a star. He pitched a little bit last year in the big leagues. Good results. Some injuries also hampered him a little bit. Uh, Of all the pitchers that I see, and again, Casey Mize is on this list too from the Detroit Tigers. Manning is another kid on the Tigers. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, elite-type pitching. Lazardo, I think, now having a little bit of big league seasoning would give me a a good reason to draft him in a fantasy baseball league this year. So those are the five that I would say that if you're for some reason participating in a draft, I don't know why you would. I would Mm -hmm. not recommend it. are and and if and more or less if you're doing a dynasty league i think that you could buy in on all five of these guys i feel pretty comfortable and remember i'm not very big on the pitchers some people like pitching more than i do as far as rookies are concerned i am just not one that's going to take i don't know if it's biased or not but dave stewart uh, uh posted a uh, video talking about that kid being a uh, cy young dark horse this year so uh, might be a little uh, a little bit of uh, homerism going on there, but uh, Dave Stewart loves him. Absolutely loves him. So, like you said, also, the stuff is yeah. When I, when I participated in one of the experts leagues before all this craziness happened, it's the uh, labor. It's called the League of Alternative Baseball Reality. They held the draft this year in Florida for the first time, and uh, and I ended up going up there. And I didn't take Lazardo, but what I did do is I took. Uh, they have another young starter. His name is AJ Puck. He went Puck, to the University yeah. of Florida. <laughs> yep. And and remember, I don't know if you saw that clip or the video of Randy Johnson standing right next to him because they're both like the same height. Everyone says that like he's Randy Johnson Jr. Great hair. He's got. I mean, it's like spitting. Same image. guy. Right. <laughs> yes. It's like the same guy. Yep. So uh, Puck got hurt in the spring. Yes. 
and had a little bit of a setback. So, I, you know, I don't know what that means. Is he throwing? Is yep. he not? I'm not really sure. But I only got him for a couple of bucks because yeah. I that, that the A's always seem to find these young starting pitchers, like, out of nowhere. It's like, who is this they guy? They always Sean seem to win 90 games, and their win total is never 90. <laughs> it's always never. less than 90. Never. It's amazing. They play in that park. It's yep. always conducive yep. uh, to pitching. And so <laughs> yep. I always like to grab an Oakland A just yep. to kind of – uh, you know, a young pitcher to see what happens. And so Puck is the one guy that I'm going to uh, own. staff is brutal. I mean, they are lethal with these kids coming up in uh, in Oakland. Always. Yep. Always. But but yet at the end of last season, they couldn't find anybody to pitch. They had to use fires and nothing. Yep. That's it. Most, yep. just, Most reliable. That's the problem with the A's. They can always get to the end. But then once it gets to the postseason, it's like, the separation, you can see it there between yep. them and the Yankees and some of the other team and the Red Sox. They always fall flat yep. um, when they get to the so, And they always um, end up being Yankees eventually. <laughs> and they and some of them end up being Yankees as well. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, some of the other rookies, just to kind of go over, that I didn't include on, on this list, but you can keep an eye on another pitcher, is Michael Kopech of the Chicago White Sox, yep. who missed all of last year with Tommy John surgery. But from all accounts, he looked fantastic in mm-hmm. Arizona. Uh, throwing 100 miles an hour. Again, he'll have to get back on a mound. We'll right. see if he fits into their rotation. I would not expect him to throw more than 120, 130 innings a season. But the strikeout totals could be very, very high. He could approach 200 strikeouts even with 130, 140 innings. He's he saw a few last. Didn't he see a few innings uh, last year, no, too? he was out for the year. Oh, he was out John. for the year. It was the year. It was, yeah, okay. That was it. Yeah. Who was the kid he throwing did. 100 miles an hour? Dylan, who was the uh, the White Sox pitcher? Yeah, was it Dylan, just, just throwing a yep. uh, just throwing cheese like total cheese, crazy. Yeah, Cease is going to be their third starter yep. going into. I mean, Cease has no injury issues. Kopech is the one that does, but Kopech has just ridiculous upside. That yeah. if he can get to 130 innings somehow, I think that he could get to close to 200 Ks. Yep. Uh, Carter Keyboom, who is going to uh, get the shot to play mm-hmm. third base every day, it didn't work out for him last year with the Washington Nationals. He's their right. top hitting prospect. They signed Starlin Castro, mm-hmm. so he'll play second. Asdrubal Cabrera's back there again, so he's got a hit when he comes up. But right. this is a kid that has 20, 30 home run power. I think he'll have a chance to, but his leash is not long. It'll be a month or two, and he's got to succeed. Uh, Brendan Rogers is a second baseman in Colorado. He was mm-hmm. a top-five pick in the Major League Baseball draft a few years ago. And uh, from Lake Mary, Florida, a kid mm-hmm. that I got to know pretty well, I think that he has a strong chance to succeed, but he missed a lot of last year, too, with a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. If he gets the chance, and if Colorado plays their rookies, which they don't always do, they always mess around with them back and forth. Rogers is a name to keep an eye on. Of course, uh, Colorado also has Garrett Hampson, yep. and they have a shortstop third base combination, which is probably the best in baseball with Story and Arenado. So he's not going to play those positions. It's going to have to be second base for sure. Uh, Sam Hilliard is another name to keep an eye on, a very unheralded player in the Rockies organization. A lot of people thought Colorado uh, would hand the job to Ian Desmond again. They didn't do that. Some other people thought that they would sign Yasil Puig. They didn't do that. Do that. So going into <laughs> season, mm-hmm. it's, it's Hilliard or nothing, and it's a Coors Field player. And we all know how people play at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. So Hilliard is just another name to bring up, and that'll close out our conversation on uh, fantasy rookies here on the show. Uh, ironically, it also closes out our first hour of Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. but do not go anywhere. we got plenty more to come here on the show including our look at some of the historical stadiums in football and in baseball. So we'll take back a little bit of a step in time, tell you about some of the best players that ever played the game from those stadiums. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 